Good evening, everybody. It is wonderful to be with you tonight, Wednesday, March 31st, 8.42 p.m. Long day, long night, and I apologize about not having a show. I guess it would be last night, even though I put up a Monday evening show. Uh, Actually, no, I put it up on Tuesday, but it was for Monday. So I did have a show Tuesday, but I also had a show Monday, but it was recorded on Sunday. Does that make any sense? I met her on a Sunday and my heart stood still. A do run, run, run. A do run, run. Maging myself. I recorded it Sunday because I knew Monday we were shooting the Valor commercial and it was going to take all day. So my plan was to come home Monday night and post it and just edit and throw it up there. But without recording, it would save me an hour without writing. And then I was too tired because I didn't get home until like 1130 at night. And I was up at 0400. So then Tuesday, I got home and I edited it and I posted it for a show that was supposed to release Monday, but was recorded Sunday and released Tuesday. Welcome to Don't Unfriend Me. Uh, we do this all the time. Well, I do this all the time. And then, unfortunately, you have to listen to it at the beginning of the show. And I have a diatribe that usually is. Not very entertaining. And then a joke. So this is your first time here. I'm sorry. For those of you who've been through it more than once, I am also extremely sorry. What are we talking about tonight? I went to a restaurant today with Brian and Ryan. It's confusing as it sounds. And the restaurant was called the Longhorn. It's a steakhouse. It's a good steakhouse. It's good food. Good food. Reminded me of most steakhouses like Outback and Texas Roadhouse, but a little bit more upper class. Their asparagus was actually thicker than that pencil. Most asparagus, you know that asparagus I'm talking about where you pick it up and it just flops over. Then you've got the asparagus that stands up and it's somewhat thick and it takes the blue pill, so it's doing fine. That's fantastic asparagus. And then, of course, we all know the thing about asparagus when you eat that. As the the next time you go to the bathroom, you go, oh, yeah, I had asparagus for lunch. I forgot about that. Folks, this is going in a weird direction, I know, but stick with me. If you think this is weird, it'll get weirder because that's what we do here. So anyway, Longhorn Steakhouse, and I look over at Brian with his iced tea with a couple of dilapidated lemons. By the way, if you eat lemons specifically in your drink, I would appreciate it if you would watch the 60 minute, go to YouTube, type in 60 minutes lemons, and you'll never touch another lemon as long as you live. But I was trying to keep my, whatever contents were in my stomach from the morning breakfast down as those two lemons were swirled around a strange looking cellulose phallic cylindric tube that is where a straw was supposed to be, but no, this wasn't a straw. This was paper and there was no way that it could be a straw. And then I questioned what it was made of and what the hell was in his drink. And he said, come on, you you don't know. This is a paper straw. Now I've heard about paper straws and I've heard about this plastic controversy in the wind at one point, but I had never actually seen one because I haven't been to a Starbucks in a year. And I knew that they were going through this struggle. Remember, COVID's been going on, and I've pretty much been a hermit. 
<coughs> so there, there is a point of this story. Just hang on. And I start getting frustrated that that why can't we have plastic straws what's wrong with that why are there red stir sticks up at the bar how come they can use those how do they come they have shortened straws why why is that okay why are the little pixie sticks to plug the hole of the lid okay at starbucks and i had my topic for tonight and ryan looks over me goes and brian both say well we know what matt's going to do on his show tonight and here we are We'll be talking about plastic straws and also a little bit more, making it more relevant until today's world, because this has been going on for a while, is the PPE masks that are impacting and inundating our wildlife population across the world in a negative way. And I'm going to talk about it tonight with you. And the second thing we're going to do is talk about Joe Biden's dog. Now, for four years, we had to hear how Donald Trump was un-American because he didn't have a dog and neither did Melania. Tonight, we're going to hear about Joe Biden's dog as it is reigning terror in the White House and taking over the grounds. This poodle pumper, this pound hound, this snarling, snarky sausage of a dog (laughs) is an evildoer. And we're going to talk about it most assuredly tonight. So stay tuned. Hold on to your leashes. Grab your plastic straws as if your life depended on it and stay tuned for a brand new episode of Don't Unfriend Me. Why did Darth Vader's dog and what did Darth Vader's dog say to Luke's dog? Simple. Join the bark side. Recorded from an undisclosed location always honest always direct so sit back relax don't unfriend me starts right now you may notice that my voice is a little scratchy as the vape kicks in it is the allergies and uh, a lot of time on the phone when i really had more important things to do, but talking is my secondary job. And during my primary, I tend to talk a lot too, so it doesn't escape me. So my voice is is feeling the wear and tear, so I apologize. Being up doing the commercial and doing a lot of talking played its toll, and uh, I'm going to give the voice a rest tomorrow, and hopefully I'm back at it. But if these allergies clear up, I'll tell you what, I will feel much better. Who am I? Matthew Spear with Don't Unfriend Me. Thank you for tolerating my intro. I haven't had a long one in a while, so I felt it necessary. Plus, I'm a little out of practice. Matthew Spear is my name. What do we do here at Don't Unfriend Me? Well, first, here is where you can find all of my tags and handles. If you want to follow me on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube, and wherever else, I would appreciate you stopping by. You can also follow me on YouTube with a little red envelope right over here. You can click that, and then you can also hit like and follow on Facebook. I would appreciate if you do that. We are pushing 14,000 followers, incredible, and almost 13,000 likes. Every bit helps. God saves a puppy if you do. I appreciate it. And lastly, you can stop by Don't Unfriend Me, the website which has all of my videos, podcasts, a little bit of my ideas and things to that effect, and has a blog that I hardly write in. But I would love for you to stop by and take a look. Tonight, we said we were going to talk about on one, what are we, 128, one episode 128, 
talk about plastic straws, and we most assuredly are going to do that right now. The only thing about Don't Unfriend Me you really need to know before we get started is you might get offended, you might not get offended, you may agree, we may disagree. All I ask is in the end is don't unfriend me. Do you use plastic bags? Do you drink from plastic straws? You are a contemptible person who should be fined and imprisoned because you're polluting the ocean and destroying the planet. The inconvenient fact, of course, is that none of it's true. Plastic bag and straw bands, examples of what Todd Myers calls eco-fads, things that make us feel good but do nothing beneficial, will do nothing to curb plastic pollution in the ocean. Actual data explain why. Number one, plastic doesn't magically appear in the ocean. It has to arrive there. How does it do that? One way is through carelessness, such as littering. Litter can end up in storm drains, then washed out to sea. But if you're a responsible adult and you put garbage in a trash can and recyclables in a recycle bin, everything will be okay. So how much does so much plastic and why does so much plastic get in the ocean? Number two, you aren't the problem. Asia is. Some of the nastiest, most polluted rivers in the world are in China and India. One study published in October 2017 in the Journal of Environmental Science and Technology estimated that 88 to 95% of plastic pollution in the oceans came from just 10 rivers. Eight of them were in Asia, and the other two were in Africa. Why are these countries such big polluters, you may ask? Well, they're poor. They don't have good infrastructure. They don't have good English either. They're English as well. Jack talk tie, Jack talk tie real well. Good infrastructure for dealing with waste. As countries become wealthier, they are better able to clean up their messes. This is a phenomenon known as the environmental Kuznets curve. Instead of banning plastic straws, we should be focusing our efforts on helping developing countries become wealthier and healthier. Number three, consumer plastics probably aren't the biggest problem. While a picture of a sea turtle with a straw on its nose is sad, or that it has a cocaine habit, photographs aren't necessarily representative of reality. Think of them as digital anecdotes. When surveys of ocean pollution are conducted, what researchers find is not plastic straws or bags, but fishing gear. Lots and lots of fishing gear. The conclusion, the data are fully convincing. The developing world, not America or Europe, plays by far the largest role in polluting our oceans with plastic. If we want this pollution to stop, then we might want to consider helping them modernize their infrastructure. Finally, we should consider policies that punish commercial fishermen who leave nets and other gear in the water. True, these policies are boring and spiritually unfulfilling, but the upshot is that they would probably do the work. It's interesting. As I frequented a Starbucks on the way home because I was doing research for my show, I saw and ordered a water. It was simple, little clear plastic cup, and then they put on this lid that looked something like a sippy cup, and the curve on it was like a 1984 Porsche Carrera, and it was amazing. 
but I realized it was almost twice the size of a regular skinny lid, and I couldn't possibly understand why. And I said, where does my paper straw go? And they said, oh, sir, this doesn't need a paper straw. This is spill proof. Well, I almost turned it upside down, but I didn't do that. I simply asked myself the question, if I was a straw, how many straws would I have to be to make up this plastic lid? And I came up with a number of about 25 to 35 straws in order to formulate and make this new lid. To me, that seems more wasteful than one single straw and one of the old skinny lids with the pop tabs that we all know and well with the little finger of death hole where you put the straw. If you ever put your finger in that thing, you'll never get it out. It's like finger cuffs, not the urban dictionary meaning of finger cuffs. Thank you very much. So my whole point is, is what could Starbucks possibly be saving by creating a lid that is equivalent to 25 to 35 straws? In fact, isn't that more plastic? And the answer is most assuredly, yes, it is. And this is that virtue signaling eco moment where they can do something inspiring, but ultimately doesn't do much good because here's something else. The waste from life-saving personal protective equipment, you know, PPE, the thing we've heard so often that we must have because it's going to save us and save the world. But unfortunately, it's going to murder everything else. PPE is killing birds, fish, and other wildlife across the globe. A study has found. Well, there's always a study, isn't there? Animals are fatally ingesting or becoming entangled in discarded latex gloves and disposable face masks, while others have started building their homes using the same material, researchers said. Yes, but just think they won't get COVID, and that's important. They should build their home out of two masks and not one, and if they can find a third, please do that as well. Rob Kill from your animal-loving neighbors and steal their home to make your home better. As always with these single-use items, you're not really looking after them. And they end up in the environment really soon. What's up with the people's English? They start becoming a real problem. Och Florian Heimstra. Wow. A biologist at the Naturalia, Naturalis, Naturalis Biodiversity Center in Leiden. Biodiversity Center? I have to look this up and do a show. In Leiden and co-author of the report. Is that on his business card? That's a lot of money and waste on paper. Told CNN Tuesday, I think it's ironic that the materials that protect us are so harmful to the animals around us. Heimstra, Herr Heimstra, sounds like Hydra, Hail Hydra. Scientists found a fish trapped in a medical latex glove in a canal cleanup in the Dutch city of Leiden in August. Oh, the horror which prompted researchers to explore whether there was a larger problem. Yes, because one incident of anything deserves more study. Coronavirus is causing a flurry of plastic waste. Campaigners fear it may be permanent. The biologists found hundreds of discarded face masks in Leiden's historical canals over the course of a few months, and Sue realized a worrying picture was emerging, that those people need to stop littering. Oh, no, 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 that wasn't it. The researchers have so far recorded more than 50 incidences globally where wildlife has was harmed. But Heimstra warned the actual number is likely to be far larger. Those affected are not confined to small fish and burns, Heim, uh, birds, Heimstra said. Rather, the entire animal kingdom will suffer from COVID-19 litter. First, there was the fever. 
Then there was the lack of taste. Then the respirators. Death. And now, litter. Using social media, local newspapers, and international news sites, researchers gathered examples of how animals were interacting with coronavirus waste. Veterinarians, bird watchers, and animal rescue centers from across the world reported dogs, monkeys, hedgehogs, and even penguins had ingested or entangled themselves in PPE. While birds have been building their nests using these face masks, gloves, and tissue paper, said the report. The COVID-19 crisis spurred a rapid expansion in the production of essential plastic products as governments raced to boost their stockpiles and citizens clamored for their share of supplies. The UK's Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, the RSPCA, R-E-S-P-E-C-A, sorry, warned in September of wildlife becoming entangled in the ear loops of masks and urged people to snip the straps. Something you say to an old man who doesn't want to get his wife pregnant. You need to snip the straps, bro. It's going to make your sex life 10 times better before they dispose of them. The animal, so let me get this straight. Now we have, we don't have to buy masks. Then we have to buy masks. Then we have to buy the right kind of mask. Then we have to not buy N95 mask. Then we can wear a gator, but don't wear a gator. Make sure you wear at least one. No, 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 two. And if you have three, put that on. Actually, don't do that. Only wear two. You know what? Stay six feet apart. No, three feet apart. Just get this shot. No, no, the shot won't make you okay. You need a second shot. Okay, I got a second shot. And you still have to wear a mask, hopefully two, if not three. But now you only have to wear two and you have to stay three feet apart. Part. Holy sh! The animals are used too. The animal welfare charity issued the plea after a gull was found in Essex with swollen legs after becoming wrapped up in a PPE. Was it pregnant? We really encourage people to use reusable masks. Lysolette Rambonet, a biologist at the Institute of Biology at Leiden University and co author of the report, told CNN. All the interactions we found were the single-use face masks because they are inexpensive and can be lost more easily. Rambonet added, however, even if humans change their behavior now, it may already be too late. An estimated 1.56 billion face masks entered the ocean in 2020. In fact, you could see it from space. It is the number one man-made object in the world, along with the Great Wall of China. And everything I just said in the last three sentences was a complete lie. According to a report by Oceans Asia, a Hong Kong-based marine conservation organization, even if we take steps tomorrow, then for hundreds of years, there will be face masks floating around in the ocean, still impacting our wildlife, said Heimstra. I'm afraid it will not stop very soon. Yeah, hundreds of years, dude. That's not very soon. Well done, freaking genius. And actually, the problem will only get worse over time, sadly. The additional waste from PPE is part of a growing concern for the environment as global plastic production quadrupled over the past four decades, according to a 2019 study. Other studies have estimated that some 8 million tons of plastic trash leak into the ocean annually, with the rate getting worse every year. The Leiden-based team members hope to expand their research and have set up a database where concerned citizens can share any sightings of animals caught in PPE litter. I have a calendar reminder to make sure I send in at least 10 a day just to make them waste their time. The research was published last week in the Journal of Animal Biology. Here's my 
thoughts on the matter. Amdahl's law is a concept in computer science that can be applied elsewhere in the world and just over many broad topics, economics, theology, relationships, whatever. And essentially, the potential gain you can make on a whole system is only related to the proportion of the thing you are optimizing. Does that make sense? If it doesn't, let me give you an example. If something takes 50% of the load, then you have the amount it takes. Then the whole system will be 25% more efficient. If something only takes 10% of the load, then even if you remove it, it can only ever improve things by 10%. So for the biggest speed up, you should focus on improving the things that take the most time first. Plastic, in the case of plastic, you could get rid of all plastic straws on the planet, but it would only have a tiny effect on the environment because there are relatively not that many straws used in the world compared to bin bags, plastic bags, plastic packaging, etc. If people bought just 10% more fruit and vegetables, not from plastic packaging, that would have a much bigger effect on plastic waste. I applaud the ban of plastic straws. But it is simply not enough, and there is so much more that we can do which will have a bigger impact. The environment on average in America, which is roughly similar to the U.S. and the uh, to us in the U.K., about fifty-one percent of greenhouse gas emissions are due to livestock and their byproducts. Basically, cow shit. Just thirteen percent of greenhouse gas is emissions is due to all transportation, road, rail, air, and marine. That is to say, even if you cycled everywhere you went, little unrealistic, you might save 13% of your emissions. However, if you eat meat just half the time you do now, you would save more than 25% of the greenhouse emissions. Sure, you might fart more because of the veggies, but your farts are less bad than the cows. The conclusion, the 80-20 rule that comes up time and time and again, indicates that about 20% of the actions affect 80% of the outcome. So focus on the big things that can have a much bigger effort, a much bigger impact with much less effort. I am not a fan of paper straws. I will never use a paper straw. I don't use straws because I'm not a two-year-old child, and I drink out of a big boy glass. And I don't put cream and sugar in my coffee because that is not coffee. That is a latte. Can we just grow up? Can we realize that throwing something in the ocean is not a good idea? Especially for people who are surfers and grew up on the ocean. Like myself, I happen to love the ocean. I spent most of my life cold and wet in the ocean. I really don't want to step on hypodermic needles or the six ring tabs for Coca-Colas or PPE. We need to understand that the world is behind on infrastructure, on renewable energy, on landfill management and waste disposal, and we are a leader. It should start with the small things. Yes, one small thing that we have mastered is how to dispose of all the waste, and that is one thing that Americans create more than anyone on the planet is a bunch of waste. We should try to lead the world, and instead of getting into Paris Accords and stupid Iran nuclear deals, Maybe we could be a leader on how to rid the world of all the waste that is entering our oceans and creating those cocaine-infested turtles. Joe Biden's dog, his name is Major, has been involved in its second biting incident in a month. The White House has said 
The dog nipped someone while on a walk. Nipped. Interesting. On Monday, according to Jill Biden's press secretary, Michael Rosa, the animal is still adjusting to his new surroundings. And no, they weren't talking about Joe Biden. He said, the individual was seen by the White House medical unit out of an abundance of caution from the nipping. I nip all the time in cold weather. So does my wife. We don't have to see a physician. And returned to work without injury. Reporters had seen Major on a walk around the White House South Lawn before the president and first lady traveled to Vietnam Veterans Memorial early on Monday evening. Segway to all the Vietnam veterans. Welcome home. God bless you. The German Shepherd only returned to the White House last week, along with his older sibling, Champ. After causing a minor injury, minor injury now, it was a nipping. Now it's a minor injury to an employee of the U.S. Secret Service on March 8th. So basically, the, the Secret Service agent shot the dog. They had to find a new dog. It took a little bit of time, about a week, and now they have a new dog. The president said after the incident that Major was a sweet dog. Do you hear? I told you he got shot in the past tense. Major was a sweet dog. Now he's dead. We threw him in the ocean. We put a mask over him, and he suffered from COVID death. See how it works? I'm sure we're going to find more funding for animals now. He told ABC News the animal had turned a corner. There's two people he doesn't know at all, you know, and they move to protect. Wow. Joe Biden, thank you for explaining that to America. It's almost like your foreign policy. Meanwhile, there was a little accident on Wednesday. It's not known whether Major or Playmate Champ was responsible, but one of Biden's dogs pooped on the floor per pool. Champ and Major were spotted in the hallway outside the palm room doors in front of the diplomatic room. There was a dog poo on the floor. It's unclear which dog was responsible for it. I want to commend the newspapers and the media outlets for this five-star reporting about a dog crapping in the White House. It's important. However, I take a little bit of insult and umbrage with the fact that these press clippings and headlines are nothing indicative of what it should have said or would have said if Donald Trump remained in the White House and he would have, in fact, had a dog. Here are the top 10 titles and the top 10 headlines from the media. If this was Donald Trump's dog, who did these dastardly deeds? Number one, Melania Trump bites stranger at the White House. That's good if you actually think about it. Number two, Donald Trump, German Nazi shepherd, attacks onlookers as Trump fails to say, let's stop in German. Number three. Donald has a prostitute at White House who peed and pooped on the carpet. Number four, Donald Trump abuses dogs. Number five, Donald Trump refuses to euthanize a serial mauler canine that has been terrorizing the White House grounds. Number six, Cujo is a furry Brujo. Brujo is a witch doctor. I don't know if you guys do that. Seven, Donald Trump's dog hates black poodles and chihuahuas. Number eight, Trump keeps puppies in cages. Number nine, a Russian terrier colluded with Trump's German shepherd to win best of show. 
And number 10, Donald Trump prefers cats to dogs because it's easier to grab a hold of pussies. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. I hope you had a laugh. Under 30 minutes, that's fantastic. Remember, my name is Matthew Spear. I hope you enjoyed it tonight. It was fun for me. I hope it was fun for you. Please join me on YouTube, Facebook, everything else. Give me a like, share, and follow, and you can have fun like this every night with me. And tomorrow for episode 128, 129, whatever it is, who cares? Folks, the last thing we go out on is we always go go out on Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255, press 1. Veterans Crisis Line is an extremely useful resource for veterans. Traumatic brain injury, PTS, anxiety, and depression are real. 22 veterans commit suicide a day. It is too many. Please, if you recognize the signs, reach out. Provide them this number. If you can't call me, I will help you. And lastly, if you are out of all options, go to our website, donutfriendly.com. Click the VCL link. You'll be connected immediately to an operator, and they will help you through navigating this veteran's life which is so very, very important. Don't take any veterans for granted. Help them as they helped us. That's it for my show. Thank you, folks. I hope you had a good laugh tonight. Tonight was fun. And I will see you tomorrow with a brand new episode of Don't Unfriend Me.